welcome everybody and as always thank you so much for being here we're humbled by your um, desire to take a little bit of time out of your day and just turning on this message regardless of what platform you're using to get there uh, we we pray for you and we're thankful that you're here uh, we're going to continue in our series today of who is Jesus and today you can see on your screen that it says compassion and so we're not talking about the specific phrase that he spoke as in weeks past, what, we're, what I'd like to do is spend our time looking at the action he demonstrated through his words. Uh, we'll be in John chapter 19, 25 through 27, as you can see in just a bit. But before we get there, I wanted to uh, maybe just lay the groundwork or the foundation of, of our conversation today about the compassion of God. And so I want to turn to John chapter 3, verse 16, and it's really a verse that uh, perhaps the, most of the world at one time or another has heard or seen on TV or something, because it's a very, very familiar verse. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. I want to start here because really that is the, uh, the, the whole of Scripture, isn't it? Uh, that... God came, came to earth uh, for rebels, like me and like you. And he did so out of compassion for the world. In our inability to find hope anywhere else, God gave. God gave the world. And so the understanding then of God's uh, true identity, one of the many wonderful things about him is that he shows true love and true love results in giving and true love results in compassion and so the understanding that compassion is when god came to earth to rescue me when i had no hope that's compassion we find that story demonstrated so well i believe in the scripture passage that I'd like to read for you now this morning. Remember, these are the words that Jesus spoke from the cross in his final moments on earth, his, in his earthly ministry. Verse number 25, chapter 19 of the Gospel of John. The word of the Lord says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. I don't know if you remember this or not, and I don't know if it's still a popular thing, but do you remember when there was a, a bracelet you could buy? It, was, it would say WWJD. Um, it was meant to be an acronym of what would Jesus do? And, you know, I, I think what it was, uh, one of the things that I, it was supposed to be valuable for, that you would wear it on your wrist, and in any situation that came up during the day, you would be reminded to think, oh, uh, what would Jesus do if he was in this particular situation? I think in a lot of ways it also let everybody around know um, that uh, you were a Christian. Well, that's neat, you know, and, I, and I, I think that was cool. And, you know, I've had my share of bumper stickers and trinkets, too, in my T-shirts that all said that I was a Christian. And maybe I would remember in the heat of the moment 
to ask myself, what would Jesus do? But you know, we really don't have to have all that stuff because it's uh, throughout Scripture, we find so many stories over and over and over of what God would do at all times and never ever miss a beat. So in this story that we are reading this morning, right in the middle of Christ's worst moments, what I want to take from this just initially is that he was moved with compassion by the suffering around him. In the worst moments that could possibly exist for anybody, he was moved by the need of others and had compassion and still gave. Now when we talk about the crucifixion and really the scene that day and how horrific it must have been, um, few of us would really have a, a point of reference of the sheer brutality of the scene. And so all we can really do is try to get our minds wrapped around of, out of his own um, personal anguish. Even that was overcome by his immense compassion for others who had need. What would Jesus do? In each and every situation, he showed compassion. The verse that I, one of the statements in this, that it says, when Jesus saw, you know, that has so many ramifications. And I'll tell you, there was a, more than a couple times this week, I, I had to talk through this with Angie, you know, about really what that means to just try to get my arms wrapped around that Jesus hanging from the cross in all that pain and still surveying the situation, looking to give compassion to others. <laughs> what a concept. I, I, I don't want to spend my time today or our time today speaking of the specifics of the scene, really. And I, I hope that uh, you take your time this week and you're, you don't just take what I say and call it a week, but you really... I pray that maybe that something that I say today will cause you to look into the Scriptures yourself and just be transformed by the truth of God's Word, especially when you come up and say, Jesus saw. You know, everything in Scripture, every single word is literal. Every dot is a true event. And it must be read as so in order for us to get the understanding, the proper interpretation of Scripture. It is literal, but it often bears such figurative applications for each of our lives. Does it ever seem like Scripture is talking about you specifically? It sure does to me. It's figurative application for our lives of where we have been and, and sometimes where we are going. So I think of that, and maybe that's why I was so moved this week when I read that word, when Jesus saw Mary. Because I thought of a time when Jesus saw Roger. <laughs> and he was moved by compassion. In my complete inability to help myself, in a moment in my life when I 
had no hope for tomorrow, Jesus looked and he saw. Jesus saw Mary that day and he sees you. Wherever you are at this moment of your life today, I can assure you that while we're reading about a specific event that happened in history, this is also a figurative application of your own life, of the compassion of God, that He never turns away. And He is always, always surveying the world. And He never, ever forgets you or your name. Jesus saw Mary that day. And he sees all of us today. I'll tell you an encouraging thing that is also said in this passage. It said, from that time on, the compassion of Christ in the lives of people, Mary that day, me another day, you prayerfully on another day. His compassion has long-term and even far-reaching effects. It changes the way that we live from that point forward, even how we will live someday in eternal life. That compassion of God is permanent and it's life-altering. I, I heard a fellow speak not too long ago and it's another one of those things that I just can't shake out of my mind. And he said that something like this, he said that, Every, as, as every generation gets older, each one of us has been convinced that things just couldn't possibly get any worse, and so surely the end of the world must be at hand. I think that's kind of funny because it's absolutely the truth. I, I know that I, I heard my grandma speak of those things many years ago, and now I find myself at sometimes looking around and saying, it can't go on much longer. But the fellow that was speaking that day, he countered that, that truism by saying, but what if it isn't? What if this is a long ways from the end? And, and what if it's 10,000 years from now before this all comes to an end? Well, that makes a big difference then in our perception of what is needed in the world today. Because if we look at it in the sense of saying, Psh, eh, it's all going to go down the tubes any moment, well, that's how we maybe walk through our day of saying, I don't care. But if we look at it, that God is at work and God does care, and that God has compassion on everyone, well, then perhaps we would start saying, you know, maybe the importance is that I show kindness today. And really understand that regardless of, of the timing of things, the, the possible multiplication of our one act of kindness, just like Jesus on the cross when he saw Mary and made a provision for her, it multiplies through families and generations. And Christ's compassion is lived out through us. You know, I just can't help but think, as Mary stood below the cross that day, and, and she endured the un, incomprehensible pain of watching her son die, 
I'm just almost positive that she could have cared less at that point about public perception or, or even who the latest emperor in Rome might be. At this horrendous moment in her life, what she desperately needed to know, that there was someone that cared about her and that perhaps somehow, some way, there might be a little hope for tomorrow. And Jesus looked and he saw. And in spite of his own personal battle, he had compassion on her and he made provisions for her needs. <laughs> so in the literal, when we're asking WWJD, what would Jesus do? Even in his worst moments, he looked past himself in order to supply compassion and hope for someone else. That takes that bracelet to a new level, doesn't it? <laughs> because there's a figurative application that we have to start thinking about. Right, right now, today, there is an abundance of people who are dealing with incredible burdens and they're absolutely, literally, all around us. We know what Jesus would do in this situation, don't we? He would see them, he would be filled with compassion, and he would provide for their needs and their hopes. So the question no longer can be WWJD. I have another acronym that I, might, I want to introduce you to today if you haven't ever heard and I don't think so. What about WAID? In the chaos and the turmoil that is around me, what am I doing? That has to be the question. I, I pray that I can keep my focus and be like Jesus. Look past myself today and do whatever I can to encourage someone, someone that God has placed in my life, that there is hope. And I can do that regardless of where I am or the situation that I'm in the environment that I have, or the skills that I lack. You know, in this year of COVID, there's been so many things going on, and, and I, I think I've seen the best and the worst of people, haven't you? There was a social media thing going around here sometime in the last few months, and it said, you can't serve Jesus from the couch. Well, you know, I, I don't know about that theology uh, because Jesus served God and was changing lives with nails driven in his hands and his feet. Paul and Peter and John, they served Jesus in a powerful way from a prison cell. I, I think of 
uh, contemporary people. I think of Johnny Erickson Tata. I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, look her up. She served Christ in a powerful, wonderful way for 50 years in a body that is trapped in a quadriplegic fashion and from a wheelchair. <laughs> it's not the environment that you're in or the place you presently are. It's the condition of your heart. And really, if you do understand the compassion of the Lord you claim as Savior. In this chaotic year, Angie and I have attempted to stay active in our ministry of encouragement as much as possible during this COVID pandemic and as we keep ourselves isolated. Um, things have changed in the way that we do things uh, quite a bit. But really, we've been trying to do this in one way or another for about the last 20 years, Angie, much longer than I have. But we both agree that we've never, ever seen in the time that we've been attempting to serve Christ properly, we've never seen a, a time where the need of people, everyday people, is so great. But unfortunately, both of us also agree that there is, in our opinion at least, we've never seen the division of people who claim to be the servants of Christ so incredibly wide. The chaos is happening all around us, but just as Jesus said, look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest, but the workers are so few. So I think that the question that I have to ask myself is W-A-I-D. What, what am I doing? But I also want to throw a new one at you, and it's W-A-Y-D. What are you doing? Well, I hope when W-A-I-D and W-A-Y-D are asked, my prayer is that as the church, we begin to quit looking at our own self-interests and truly start doing WWJD. Because in the chaos, Jesus saw Mary. And if you claim to be a Christian, that claim is that at one time, Jesus saw your need and he provided not for that day, but bright hope for all of your tomorrow. So how on earth could we possibly withhold that from others? I think it's time that we stop asking what would Jesus do and simply start being like Jesus and extend compassion to people who might not see things the way that we do. Or maybe in their struggle they can't see up at all and we lend them a hand. I hope it's time that we get away from the activity-related religion that sometimes we fall prey to, and we're so attracted to be thinking that's being like Jesus if we're doing a lot of things, because in Matthew 9, Jesus tells the Pharisees of that day, <laughs> listen, fellas, it's not your sacrifice that I'm asking for. I'm asking that you extend 
mercy. Church, today there are so many, many, many people who need a little bit of help right now. Maybe a phone call. Maybe an encouraging word. Because when you do those things to people who are hurting and in need, you truly are showing the compassion of Jesus Christ. See the need. See the need. Because I guarantee you, when you look up from your own struggle and self-interest, you'll find that it's all around you. If 2020, it seems like it's this roller coaster of events that seems to just not slow down. If this time has not caused you to be more empathetic to the tough, tough battles that some people are fighting right now, if you're not more sympathetic to those who are less fortunate than you, if you're not more understanding of the burdens that you really could not know possibly have any point of reference to what someone might be going through, if you're not more willing to let the small stuff go, I think there's something desperately missing in your WWJD. Because folks, it's not that 99 cent bracelet you, that you buy and you wear on your wrist. It's no catchy slogan, no acronym, no preacher from the pulpit's going to teach you how to change the world. It's only going to happen when you truly are like Jesus. And you look and you see, and you have compassion, and you give everything you got to someone who simply needs a cup of cold water. Amen? When we get back together next week, we're going to continue on, and um, we're going to really read kind of a harmony of the Gospels. We're going to be looking at... Uh, the final words, uh, the few final words of Jesus on that day. And I hope you do some investigation of that and read ahead. I hope that you read your scripture for all it's worth, and I hope that it transforms your life. And I hope that the next person in need, when they see you, they find a provision for a hope for tomorrow. Guys, I always ask you to continue to pray for me and Angie because we need it. <laughs> We're praying for you because whether you believe it or not, you need it. We have a lot of work to do, folks. Not work out of a pharisaical way, but work because somewhere along the line, Jesus saw me and he saw you and he provided. And I want to show that way to others. God bless you this week. Take care. Do all you can to show the world Jesus. Amen.